book of Malachi, chapter number 4, verse 4 through 6. We'll go back and try to do just a brief introduction uh, about the book and talk about a few things. And uh, it's already been said that what is uh, time, have you ever noticed noticed this, that um, history repeats itself. And uh, Jesus said, Jesus said uh, in one place, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And so uh, it's repeating itself. As wicked as Noah's days were, when all their mind, their thoughts was only evil continually, that's that word, pornarus, poron, gives you the idea of pornographic. And so just like it was in Noah's day, it's that day, it's that way now. I mean, you can't even self-camouflage now without half pornographic pictures. Say, hey, man, y'all know I'm right. And, and, and so uh, the, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of Sam. But, but, but it ain't just them. We, we look all through the Bible, history repeats itself. And in the book of Malachi, y'all have heard me preach this when I kind of, and I'll try to give a way of introduction, but on the book of Malachi, it's all about the Lord is soon coming Live like you believe it. That's the theme of the book. The Lord is soon coming. Live like you believe it. Well, he did come. And the spirit of Elijah did come through that man of God, John the Baptist. And all of a sudden, folks started turning back to God, remembering uh, how far they... Uh, straight away from God, and it's going to happen again. Amen. Elijah's going to come back. Amen. I believe him and Enoch's going to come back, and they're going to preach, and they're going to do miracles. Then that's going to wrap up the first resurrection. They're going to be took to heaven, and all of a sudden it's going to be unleashed on earth like you, like they haven't seen in those first three years. It's really going to get rough, and I, I'm glad God's going to end this thing up. We're going to have a front row seat on white horses, watching him take care of all the wicked enemy. Blood's going to run as deep as a horse's bridle, and we're going to sit back and thank God that we're a part of the bride. Amen. I mean, the Lord is soon coming. I hope y'all believe that. We, we, we ought to live with that sense of anticipation. So we ought to live like it, ought to worship like it. You don't know that hey, this might be the last church service you're in. Do you want to face God, have him sit there stubbed up on God? You don't have to do nothing to praise the devil except sit. But if you're gonna have, if you're gonna praise God, you're gonna have to get active a little bit. Say a little amen. Lift your hands. Say woo woo. Amen. Glory to God. Tears run down your eyes. Say amen. Get get. Let that truth get on you where you're sitting on the edge of your seat. Amen. I'm telling you, God God blows people up. I love it when they finally bust. Amen. I'm I'm looking forward to what God's gonna do today. I'm excited and a message a little bit different. And, uh, man, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I'm thankful for where I'm at, but I'm nervous about it. So look with me, if you will, in the book of Malachi in chapter number 4. The book of Malachi in chapter number 4. Amen. Chapter 4, and we'll look in verse number 4. Malachi chapter 4 and verse number 4. Notice what the Bible says. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel with the statutes and with the judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth. And I want y'all to catch this right here. I never caught this till today or yesterday when I was going over the last few notes, notice the last word in the Old Testament. Ain't you glad we got somebody who took the curse for us, amen. Father, we love you today and pray you preach us in the power of the Holy Ghost. Help us, God, to be a help to your children. Thank you, dear God, for answer prayer and all that you do. We know, God, that you're abundantly able to do above all we could ask or even think. We stand before the throne room of grace today in dire need of a Holy Ghost touch. We know, Lord, that we can't do it in the power of the flesh and the power of our own might. But, uh, Lord, as it's already been and said, by the power of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, pray you preach to us. And, Lord, open our hearts. Help us, God, to uh, get some help today. Help us leave out of here with some, uh, thank you, Lord, with some buds uh, blooming, uh, with some roots growing. Help us leave out of here stirred in our heart. Help us leave out of here excited. 
about being saved. Lord, I could go to the house right now. I'm, I'm so glad I'm in the house. I'm just thankful, Lord. I have a sense of thankfulness for just being here in the house of God. Please, Lord, help me not do anything to mess it up. Let me mind you today. Save sinners and touch saints. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If Lord help me for a little while uh, this morning, I want to preach on how to live in the light of his coming. How, how we are to live in the light of his coming. And I, I had about 14 messages. I thought I was going to be preaching on the book of Malachi. And, and I preached one. Uh, I, then I preached another one. And then now I'm skipping to the end. And uh, this is how the Lord laid on my heart. So look with me, if you will, in chapter number one, just to remind us, get us on the same page in case you weren't here uh, several months ago. In Malachi, in chapter number one, notice what the Bible says. It is the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. He says, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob. Uh, when we think about the book of Malachi, it's a, it's a book, uh, as I've already said, the Lord's coming, and you ought to live like you expect it to be so. Amen. And this small book of Malachi has a big message. If we look at the key verses, chapter 3, at verse number 1 and 2, Behold, I'll send my messenger. He shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Ain't you glad that's going to be a reality one day? Amen. The Lord is going to be coming back. How we think about this book, it shows us the condition of the people and that's why I say history repeats itself we look in 2020 at all the mess that's going on I can't even believe we can have have some of the folks running for office that we can have I mean it just blows my mind there's even a question in people's mind about what they're going to do morally just morally and God help us today folks shacking up acting like it's okay and just trying out like are trying out a car or something. I mean, it's against the Bible. Folks fornicating, running around with people. Amen, amen, doing drugs. Acting like it's okay. Smoke a joint because it's natural. Hey, God help us. Is everybody okay? It's preaching time today. Amen. Hallelujah. The condition of the people's wicked and vile. And it was as the days of Noah. It's as the day that Malachi is preaching. And God's going to say some words in the book of Malachi. And he's not going to speak again. Not again for 400 years. I don't know. I don't think we could handle it if God didn't show up to church 400 years. I don't think we could handle it if God didn't give us a word. Not a prophet. Not nothing's going to be said uh, for 400 years the last word uh, that's going to come out of the Lord's mouth is curse uh, oh but thank God it's a good it's a good thought too uh, because if you'll look in that word curse uh, amen go back to that's the last word uh, but the last phrase uh, there's a word that, amen at the beginning he said lest I come and smite the earth with a curse you see that's not a curse that's pronounced uh, that's a curse that can happen but he said lest he's saying I, it's a word of encouragement it's as if it turns the whole book of the book of Malachi into a gospel of love he's saying I don't want to do this but your sin and your transgression it's going to bring on your curse he said but if you'll remember what Moses said in his word if you'll heed the preaching of men like Elijah and come back to me the curse won't come you say it's a curse that is mentioned but it's not pronounced oh I'm so glad today there is hope it leaves room for there being hope and anticipation of being returning back to God of mercy in the midst of judgment and 400 years he shuts it off but before he does he mentions uses Malachi to mention the condition of the people and then he mentions like I said the coming of the Lord he is the third this is a closing 
book. This is the 39th book. This is the last book, the last prophet that's going to be going to be preaching to those Old Testament saints. And But it's a connecting book because in the book of Malachi, he's talking about judgment. He's talking about a group of people. But then he says, thank God there's a messenger coming. And hallelujah, that one that we look for, he's going to come. He shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. And then we find out there's hope and the resurrection. He said the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. It almost sounds in the last chapter like it's a gospel message. Oh, I'm so glad today this book of Malachi, hey man, it seemed like a hard message. It's a burden of the Lord. But it's a heavenly message. God sent this to the man of God. Ain't you glad God is still sent in spite of our wickedness. Might as well say amen. In spite of our stubbornness, in spite of our mind, oh God still got a message and he still got a man and God still got a method to get his people back to him. Oh, it's a hard message, I know. But it's a whole message just to the people of God. The apple of his eye. Amen. God help us. Think about that Bible verse we've got back there. And it talks about some things before that verse. We hear quoted, if my people would you call by my name. And the previous verses, he said, listen, when rebellion and stubbornness and wickedness is seen in the land, he said, there may be a time I have to send famine and pestilence. Does that sound familiar? He said, but if my people, which are called not the White House, amen, not the courthouse, amen, not the schoolhouse, but if my people who come to my, if my people, which are, I'm saying church, it's a message directed to us. This is not a shotgun message. It's a sniper message. God's trying to hit us on the heart and let us see, hey, thank God there's some help. You can get that crowd to turn back. You're not too far gone. And then there's honey in the message. I don't want to mention, I forgot about mentioning that last time. Let me not forget it today. He starts out in chapter number one and verse one. He said, I love you. <laughs> Woo! And we've got the audacity to say what they do. Wherein do you love us? We ain't seen you love us. Why you let family members turn against us? Why you let us hold grudges? Why you let us have a bad attitude? Why you let things happen to me? That's exactly what that crowd was saying. Amen. You might as well say amen. That's right. They denied the love of God. They despised his name. In chapter 1, verse 6, they defied his altars. Started offering polluted bread and half-hearted sacrifice. And I see it all the time in church service. Folks are half here and half ain't here. I'm going to tell you what we ought to do. Jump in service. You don't have to give God just a few hours a week. My God, get that junk off your mind. And let's hear what God's got to say for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They defiled his altar. In chapter 2, verse 17, they started to they define his patience. They, they started wearing on the Lord. They made the Lord weary in their wickedness, in their continuation, in their fake phony worship. I just wonder if anybody here, are y'all glad to be here? Can you lift your hand? Just go on record. I want the devil to see it. Now take his hand right here and smack the devil upside the head. You ought to thank God that the Lord's defeated him at Calvary and his head's been chopped off and he's just flopping around trying to hurt everybody he can before he gets thrown off in hell. Hey, we're going to heaven. We don't deserve it, ain't earned it, but my God, we can say for a thing that he sure does love us. Hey man, there's honey in the message. Amen. Hey man, they, they wearied the Lord and they denied and they started defying his patience. Well, if, if hey, hey, if the Lord ain't judge wicked people, then the Lord might be okay with it. They weary the Lord, acting like the Lord's okay with sin. Don't you think for a minute, friend, that the wicked crowd out here prospering, hey, this is as close as they'll ever get to heaven. But good news for you, as bad as it gets here and it ain't that bad, it could be a whole lot worse. Hey, man, but it's bad. Hey, that this is as bad as it'll ever get. This is as close as we'll ever get to hell. That's good news for me. Amen. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Amen. And in chapter 3 and verse 17, they start deserting his fellowship. I mean, they start abandoning him. They say things like this in verse number 7, even from the days of your father, you're going away from mine ordinances, have not kept them. He said, return unto me. I'm not asking you to return to the book. I'm not asking you ought to. I'm not asking you how to return, but to return to me. Hey, listen, folks. Listen, God help us not to fall out of fellowship with the divine Savior. He said there should be some faithfulness. Hey, Amen. In time, and he mentioned something. Return to me, and I'll return to you, said the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall return? We're all right. We are right. We still like church. We still love coming to church. And inform your face. You ought to tell, let your face know. Amen. Your smile once in a while. Hallelujah. It don't hurt to smile that you're in church. Amen. I like it when the choir sings and smiles. Amen. I know it takes effort to do that, but praise God, you ought to try it once in a while. Do you know it's harder to frown than it is to smile? The problem is we just got a habit doing the first and not the latter. Amen. God help us. He said, he talks, starts talking about it. And he says, look, you've walked away from fellowship. I, I want to be with you. I want to show up with you. I want to walk with you. I want to spend time with you in your prayer life, in your study. I want to help you down at the house of God. Hey, man, we, we ought to be a people. I'm, I'm, y'all stay with me. I'm getting there to chapter 4. He said, look, uh, how you've walked away with time. And then he says, you've walked away with time. Now, I ain't preached on it in a while. I probably should have since tithing is down so much. Folks is robbing God and think they're getting away with it. I just want to tell you, just because we paved the parking lot don't mean it's all right for you not to hide. Somebody say amen. You ought to give some. Somebody help me. You wouldn't have a dime for it for God anyway. Amen. You ought to give extra. You ought to give above. If you figure it, try to give the least as you can. I hope God convicts you. Hope of the fleas of a thousand camels and fishy armpits. Amen. You ought to pour it out on God. Has he ever restricted his flow to you? Do you want to cut your blessings off? He said, I don't want in that curse. He said, I'll tell you what, put me to the test. Put me to the test. I'll turn them windows into holes and I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings you won't have room to receive. Why don't you go beyond the time? That's just what's required. Won't you give out the abundance of your heart? Won't you give above and beyond? He said, they robbed me in tithes and offerings. Y'all know I'm right, amen. As far as I know, we don't have a need, but I want to preach it before we get one. Somebody said, help me, amen. And said, listen, you profane in your actions, you're profane in your attitude. You act as if uh, that it's all right to do halfway worship for God. In verse number 13, they get start getting stout against God. He says, uh, there's a crowd says paying, uh, serving God don't pay. And these people like that, these people like that, they say, well, going to church don't pay. You ain't got to go to church every time doors open. I want to tell you what, if it's in your ability, you ought to be at church every time the doors open. Amen. And it's an amazing thing to me, they get mad at me about calling and asking where they at. And I, all I was doing actually is make sure they was well, make sure they was healthy, is there any problems, is there any reason why, amen. Hey man, but you ought to be at church, somebody help me. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, as a man or some is. And they offered God their leftovers, gave him whatever time they had left. If it fits into their schedule, if I don't have nothing else to do, I'll show up to church. If any bills don't come up, you know I got stuff to pay my bills. Hey man, why don't you quit giving overspending so you can start taking care of God's house? Somebody say amen. Randy's about ready to run with a bad back. Somebody help me. I'm talking about a crowd says God's good, but he, it's like he's turned a blind eye to sin. But if you look, if you look in verse 15, hey man, God's going to get serious with them and in verse 16 to the end of the chapter. And then he winds up chapter 4 where we're at. And summing up this, in chapter 1 through 3, he's dealt with people who seem to be hypocrites. They're hard-hearted. They claim spiritual ignorance, but they know more than they let on. They claim spiritual indifference. They act like they don't care, but they do. They, I'm going to tell you when you'll start caring. When your health goes sideways, I'm going to tell you, you'll start praying then, friend. You'll start tithing. You'll start giving to the church. As long as everything, it's no wonder God has taken through valleys. Amen. 
friend, but Psalmist said it's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. He said, I don't want to trade places. I'm glad I'm in this mess. God's a teaching me something. Amen. Amen. Y'all know I'm right. Hallelujah. They're spiritual indifferent, spiritual in, in compliance. They didn't want to line up with God. They're spiritual impertinence. Hey, they act as if they okay, but listen, God commissioned the prophet. He showed the condition of the people and showed their divine corruption in the, what they were doing. I want you to look with me now in chapter 4. and chapter 4 in our text verse. In chapter 4 and verse number 4 through 6, we find out in chapter number 4 that we are to live because people always say things like this, Brother Scott. I wonder what it's going to be like when the Lord comes. I do too. I, I preached on it Wednesday. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be noticeable. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And folks that ain't ready, that ain't saved, it's going to be, they're going to be neglected. But there's a crowd expecting it. Amen. And God's not going to leave not one of them out. Amen. But I'm going to tell you this. What we ought to do is not just, hey, preacher, wonder what it's going to be like when he comes. We ought to say, hey, how, what can I live like that I know he is coming? I'm ready for him to come. And I'm not looking to get ready. I'm wanting to stay ready. I thank God he saved me. I know I'm ready. I'm going to face God. But I want to do it with confidence. And so he closes this book. Amen. And he tries to remind us, I feel like, in light of his coming, there's some things that are to be uh, heavy on your heart. In First Peter in chapter number 3, y'all know I quote this verse a lot. I love this verse. Uh, it says this, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Does anybody know what that means? I, I tell you what it means. It means over there in Malibu. It means over there in Hollywood. Oh, God. I'm starting to feel like preaching. I feel like somebody gave me black powder today. Amen. Hallelujah. It means over yonder and them highfalutin places, all them three houses that people may have, uh, one day that God's going to send a flood of fire and it's going to be liquefied and the elements are going to mend and we that are saved seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought we to be and all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hasting unto the coming of the... Is anybody looking for the Lord? Is anybody expecting the Lord? Is anybody excited about the Lord coming? Coming by. Hey, ma'am, thank God in light of his return. Hey, man, we got to live a certain way. We're going to live with a sense of expectation. I know without a shadow of doubt, he's coming. Do y'all believe that? Y'all believe this book? He's coming back to get us in the rapture. Y'all can stay here if you want to. I'm going out in the rapture. Amen. Amen. I ain't going to get sideways on the Bible. I'm a going out in the rapture. I don't want to see the wrath. No, I don't want to see folks walk around like a bunch of zombies. I believe Hollywood's trying to get people uh, desensitized because they're going to they're gonna have body parts hanging off, walking around all like a bunch of zombies and crying for rocks to fall on them and die, and they can't die. And we at the church are going to be sitting up eating supper with the Lord. Hey, amen. I'm looking forward to it. Amen. There's a sense of expectation that ought to go on. He say, First John, and chapter number 2, and verse number 8, there ought to be a sense of preparation. The, the Bible says this, and no... And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Are you ready? Have you made preparation? Have you got saved? If you're sitting here today lost, hey, good news is God's still saving sinners. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He's not willing that any perish that all come to repentance. And what we think, hey, man, is nothing more than the God, a God that has long suffering and patience. He He's not destroyed this world already. When many folks said, if I'd have been God, I would have. I'm glad you ain't. Amen. God's having mercy and long suffering on sinners. Oh, I'm so glad he's still saving sinners. Or live with a, with a sense of expectation. I don't know when he's coming, but I know he is coming. Listen, what Titus chapter 2. It won't hurt you to turn there. Look at Titus chapter number 2. I love this. one of my favorite places in the Bible. And Titus chapter number 2. 
Amen. This is what it says in verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us. Amen. For you that's lost, don't worry. The grace of God, amen, that bringeth salvation. That means it brings it to you. Ain't you glad he, amen, when you couldn't find God, ain't you glad he came with everything he needed to get you saved. He's done, done everything that needed to be done for you to be saved. And he'll bring, when he convicts you, he'll bring with him everything you need to get saved. Don't worry about it. Confess, repent, call on God, and let him save you. Amen. Notice, amen, notice what the book says. In verse number 12, talking about right now, living like we believe he's coming, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should have soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Look at verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. We have a sense of expectation, looking for that blessed, you don't look for something that you don't expect to come over the horizon. Looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Note verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Every single one of us, and y'all know I'm not going to spend a lot of time go over this, but I just want to tell you this, we ought to be a zealous people. We, ought to, we are a redeemed people. We ought to be a separated people. We ought to be, I thank God, we are a peculiar people. And y'all know that, I'm not going, but just think about peculiar. I think about a big circle. Hey man, thank God, and you on the inside, and God's protecting everything that comes through that circle. Circle, that line that he draws, uh, amen, has to go through that, uh, that line in the sand, that circle, uh, before it gets to you in the center. I'm saying it's peculiar to everything outside the circle. That thing in the middle, that person in the middle is weird, uh, amen. But everything that's on the inside, and we look out, we wonder why they ain't enjoying what we're enjoying. Uh, but good news, God circled us, uh, and everything that tries to come in contact with us, he has to say okay or not. Uh, if anything happens, in your life. It's cause God knows you can handle it. And somebody's gonna bless be blessed down the road. Or you're gonna be blessed. Everything happens for the good of God's people and the glory that comes to his name. Thank God. Amen. We ought to live with a sense of expectation, a sense of preparation. I hope you're ready. Hope you made things right with the Lord. I'm asking you like this. If he come back today, is things in your life Christian like you want it to be? Amen. I'm just, I'll leave that with you. We ought to have a life of sanctification. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. Amen. Hey, touch not the unclean, saith the Lord. He said, I'll be, I'll be to you a God. Amen. You'll be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I say amen. I say glory to God. We have, oh, have a life sanctified, set apart, different than everything else in the world. I mean, we ought to look at what the Bible said. He says, in light of the impending coming of the Lord, you checked your conditions. I've had preachers come to you. In light of his soon coming, what are some things that need to happen? In our text verse, verse number four, verse number five, he says, remember the law. So with a sense of expectation, living a life of sanctification, having made all the preparation, everything that you, you're ready to meet God. I mean, you've got sin out of your life. You've got no grudges against nobody. I mean, hey, you ain't got no chip on your shoulder. You're ready to meet God. There's no jealousy, no envy, no backbiting, no murmuring. You don't have things running around in your mind. Amen. I'm surprised we ain't already praying. Amen. If Jesus were to return today, hey man, would you want to meet him in the condition you're in right now? I'm talking about if he stepped out right now, called the church on, trumpet blew, saints flew. Would you be ready? Hey man, I'm telling you, God have mercy. He said, look, I'm going to tell you some ways. In light of his coming, here is the, uh, the bulk of the message. I don't have the two points. They're just long ones. Here's the bulk of the message. I'm going to tell you, Brother Linder, and if we think about it like this, in the light of the scriptures, in light of what the Bible says, we should guide our daily life. The fact that we believe it's coming, we should guide our daily life by the scriptures. Do you all agree with that? Right. Amen. Number one, we need to guide our daily life by the scriptures. Look what the Bible said in verse number four. Remember ye the law of Moses. Now, now what was the law of Moses? We'll get there in just a minute. Uh, but there's two persons that God pulls off of the pages of the Old Testament 
and says, listen, uh, everything, the scriptures that were written and pinned down by Moses. And, and then Elijah is representative of the prophets. We see it on the Mount of Transfiguration. And so what the law and the prophets say, we should remember. We should reflect on. We should, in light of his return, we, he's, he's telling us the key to living like you ought to live is in verse 4 through 6. Hey man, we ought to remember, hey man, the word of God. He takes us back to Moses. This is the law. What is the law? What is the books that Moses, think about it for just for a minute. Moses wrote the books that governed the children of Israel. It governed how they were to be daddies. It governed how they were to be, I'm, hey man, great God. It governed everything in their life. It governed how they worshiped. It governed how they were set up in worship. It governed how they were to travel, how they were to move, how they were to make their decisions. If somebody got sick, what was to take place? If everything that went on in the children of God's life was pinned, I'm telling you what the, my God, in the light of his coming, he says we got to remember what the word of God says. In light of its coming application to us, we have to live our life according, guided by the scriptures. It's a divine word. He says, the word which I commanded unto him, commanded unto Moses in Horeb. It was a delivered word. He said the word came, look what he said, in Horeb 4, all Israel. Everybody here knows that Israel, hey man, the church doesn't replace Israel, but Israel is a chosen people of God. And what Israel rejected, hey man, now everyone that well, hey that receives him gets the same power to become the sons of God. They were the nation ambassador. They rejected. Now we're individual ambassadors. We are the bride of Christ. Are y'all with me today? And so application-wise, if we're going to live our life in light of His coming, we've got to live it according to the guidelines of the Scripture. Somebody help me today. We got to live. It's a divine word. And God said you ought to take your Bible and on the first Genesis one one, for to put dear shame, and at the end, and, and where He says Amen, you ought to say love God. Hallelujah. It's all written for you. Amen. I know it ain't all necessarily to you but it is all for you and there is always an application because all scripture is given by inspiration of God for doctrine. I say amen, reproof, correction, for instruction. We thank God for the divine word of God. It's a delivered word. I'm glad he left it for us. He delivered it to a man of God to deliver it to the people of God. I thank God for preachers. I love Brother James Lucky. I love preachers forever got called to preach. I thank God. You can't go wrong loving on preachers. I just believe, I mean, if they write, you can't go wrong loving on them. I love my preacher. I love my pastor. I thank God for my pastor. I, he's in heaven right now shouting me on. Him and Papa's running the streets of glory. Hallelujah. Thank God. All those old men of God are dying off and us next generation's coming up whether we want it or not, whether we're ready or not. All these younger preachers are looking at us. We've got to hold the line. We've got to stay. Hey, God help us. We've got to stand in the gap. We've got to show folks this young generation how old time Christians live by the book in light of his coming. Amen. That's a divine word. He said this. Use this word. He said remember. Look what he said in verse 4. Remember ye the law. This word remember means to reflect. It means to reconsider. It means to consider what you one time did. So reconsider. It means to think upon. It means this. This word remember is an active word. It don't just mean to remember and reflect, but it means to act upon what you remember. Hey, go back. You know why? You know why Jacob got in a mess? He'd forgot some things that God did with him. Got to looking and dressing, having every looking like the world. Hey man, great God, I don't want to get sidetracked, Lord. While they was in Egypt, they all started wearing ear bobs and nose rings. Somebody help me. Hey, man. Hey, God said rip them earrings off, bear them over there by the oak tree. Hey, man, and return to Bethel. Preach on, preacher. <laughs> Woo! God help. I see men all the time look like they fell face forward in the tackle box. Hey, but God can still save them, amen. Stay, man. Young people, young boys, stay out of mama's jury box. Let folks know you're a man. 
Amen. Cut your hair like a man. Dress like a man. There ought to be distinction. Amen. Hey, y'all know I'm right. Woo! Man, it feels like preaching to atmosphere. Hey, listen. The law spoke of all the commands, all the statutes, everything they were to do, how they were to conduct their life, their social life, private life, spiritual life. And that's what God's gave us in this Bible. He gave us more than he gave them. We've got 66 books. They had 39 books. We've got 66 books, church. There's no excuse, God. Help us to dig in this Bible. Help us, Lord. We need to remember it. We need to reflect upon it and then act upon what we remember. And so the word word remember has this idea in the importance of scripture if he tells us to remember something that means it's something important that we need to remember and you and I both know there's things we wish we could forget isn't it something how an old Kenny Chesney song hey man for you to listen to country isn't it something how an old Kenny Chesney song or a Ronnie Millsap song and I feel convicted for even mentioning their name isn't it something how they how their songs will still stick out in your mind you'll be in the Waffle House somebody Click on the jukebox, your foot will go to tap, and you'll see. Try to hold your foot down, and it's hard to memorize a Bible verse. God help my wicked flesh. One day, one day, He's gonna shuck us like a corn cob. We're getting out of here, amen. Leave by this old flesh that loves the things of this world. And I'll never, never have Hollywood or its music bother me no more, amen. Amen. I don't know about y'all, it's helping me. Woo! This is a cost. This is a call for the people of God to constantly, y'all let daily remember and reflect and live according to the Bible. <laughs> y'all believe that? Right, y'all, I'm going to give you one verse. Moses dies looking into Canaan. I preached the message one time. Huh. Oh, Joshua taking him over, living where others are looking. Hey, I don't want to just look in Canaan. I want to live there. Amen. Hey, man. And Joshua got raised up because he was a willing servant, an obedient servant to Moses and poured water on his hands. And then God said, Joshua, I want you. I'd lead over to the children of Israel. Listen to what he said in Joshua 1 8. He said, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou may, that thou mayest observe to do. He said, I want you to meditate. I want you to remember. I want you to reflect on it. He said, To do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. He told Joshua, If you'll just meditate, if you'll daily, every day, God your life by the Bible you'll be successful you may not have a, a, a CEO position in one of the fortune 500 companies oh but you'll be successful I want to be successful in God's eye he said you'll not only that you'll be prosperous that speaks of spiritual and material God's going to take care of you more if you line up to the Bible y'all know that's right Amen, this is what the Bible said in Psalms 1. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Amen, you don't need to be sitting where they're at anyway. Amen. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Amen, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He goes on to say, he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Have y'all ever been by there in the middle of drought at Green River? You can watch all the trees, all the leaves are withering. Some of them lose their leaves. And down yonder by the river, there's a tree. He's bearing fruit. And he's, and he's got leaves. He looks like the famine's not even affecting him. Why? Because he's rooted in the water. And he says, if we'll dedicate our hearts, our minds, our lives to living by the dictates of the scripture, that we'll be just like the tree that bears fruit and has leaves, even when the world's on famine, God's going to take care of you. I don't want to re-preach that, that message when I preached on blessings in the barrel. But I will say, sometimes we don't take notice at what we do have. That, that lady should have shouted she still had a son that was alive. She should have shouted that she still had a handful. She ought to thank God she had a barrel. She had shelter. She had a son. But she had some scripture. God spoke to her just like he did a lot. I mean, are y'all getting what I'm saying? Hey, ain't it good to realize that we've got it a lot better than what we admit? Amen. He said, preach the word of God. Hey, we ought to have a daily importance. That's what I'm saying. We ought to have a daily importance. Every week, we ought to want to hear preaching. Every day, hear preaching if you can. But every week, hear preaching. Be faithful to the house of God. Let God pour out his scripture. I ain't got a bit of confidence in somebody who says, I 
hey, hey, I, I won't, I'm gonna go out on the mission field. I'm gonna go do something for the Lord. They ain't tithe. They ain't showed up to church. They ain't half been at the house of God. Hey, man, they ain't preaching in this pulpit. Somebody say amen. We ain't gonna put them on our mission board. If they won't walk across the street to knock on the door and tell somebody or pick up the phone in this day and tell somebody about the Lord, I'm not gonna support them to go to Hawaii to sit on the beach and drink coconut water. Somebody help me. Y'all know I'm right. Hey, man. Hey, man. It's coming out a whole lot sweeter than it's. Hey, y'all say hallelujah. The Gallup poll. Listen, I, I don't believe a lot in these polls, but it was, it was kind of amazing. The Gallup poll on religion in America showed that 60% of Americans attend church at least once a month, but only 12% read their Bible at all. The International Bible Readers Association said 85% of profession Christians have never read their Bible through. I hope that hits where it needs to. Amen. And not, hey man, preacher, hey man, I won't look up. In 1987, over 300 pastors in response to a, I'm talking about pastors, in response to a survey answered this question, why do you feel the Bible, hey man, is the major reason, why do you feel, what do you feel the major reason why Christians don't read their Bible? Here's what the pastor said. 48% of them said because they're lazy. <laughs> and they lack discipline. 44% said they lack time. <laughs> oh, my. It's amazing how they got time to go boating and fishing and everything else. Somebody say amen. Hey, man, I like going hunting like the rest of you. But if you ain't read your Bible all week, I don't know why you planting a food plot. Somebody say amen. Six percent don't understand what they're reading. Two percent pours eyesight and have reading skills. I don't know why you're not reading it. And I just know you need to read it. In light of its coming, we have a responsibility to live our life according to this Bible. Amen. One percent of Americans read their Bible more than once a day. Twenty-seven percent of Americans say they own five Bibles or more. Someone's written this one time. How about the TV guide? We don't even have TV guide. Now, now you got that little guide on the on the screen. I thought this was neat. On the table, side by side, the Holy Bible and the TV guide. One is worn, the other one is cherished. Not the Bible, but the TV guide. One is used daily to help folks decide. No, it ain't the Bible. Hey, man, it's a TV guide. How about if you look at that TV guide on the screen when you click that little guide button? If you look more, hey, man, to look at the programming schedule than you do take time to look at your Bible. You in bad shape today. Somebody say amen. Amen. How Brother Hurley one time was out there preaching in the prison. We was handing out them Rock of Ages Bibles like we got over here to give people when they get saved. And uh, we was handing them out, Brother Lender. And uh, he told me about a situation. Me and him got over there. And uh, this boy had come up and he said, uh, hey, hey, preachers, uh, I want a Rock of Ages Bible. I need one with everything in it. And he said, I gave you one last year. He said, sure did. Uh, he said, uh, I, I told you when you gave it to me, I was going to roll cigarettes with it and I was going to smoke it. I was going to smoke it. And you said, as long as I read every page, that you go ahead and give me one anyway. And they said, I, I read and I smoked Matthew. I read and I smoked Mark. I read and I smoked Luke. But when I got to John, it smoked me. <laughs> he said, I got saved. And I need one with everything in it now. <laughs> Woo! I say amen. Hallelujah. There's a man. I don't remember who he was. I just remember reading the story. He said uh, he got burnt one time, Brother Tony. And uh, he loved to read his Bible. And he got burnt. And he got burnt over, I think, a 6% of his body, might have been 40%, lived in Detroit. His house burnt. They barely saved him. The firefighters got him out. And Brother Linder, when they got him out, he was burned, uh, and his fingers was burnt, his toes was burnt, his face was burned, uh, and, and he's lost his eyesight. He won't be able to read his Bible no more. He said, take me to the Braille school. And his, his fingers had lost all sensitivity. Uh, but some, when they don't have fingers, can read it with their toes. And they checked his toes, couldn't read it with his toes. They checked they checked with his lips and his lips were so burnt he couldn't read his Bible and you know what brother Linder he said teach me how to read it with my tongue and he read the whole Bible with his tongue I don't know what's wrong with us today but you ain't had to read your Bible this week with your tongue
God. God, have mercy. Hey, I'll bet you one thing. He got to that part and said, taste and see the Lord's good. I bet you he had himself a time. <laughs> Woo! Y'all know he did. Hey, man, he is a taste of the word of God. Literally had to read it with his tongue. I'm going to tell you what, he realized the importance of reading the Bible. Daily instruction, daily learning what the Bible says, daily seeing how to be a good daddy and a mama, letting the word of God, you get in the Bible and just open it up and it's amazing. You can read John 3, 16 a hundred million times, preach on it in different messages. But it's amazing how when you get to a certain place that you've read a bunch of times, God will make it come alive for that day and make it come alive for that week and that problem that you're having because the Word of God's quick and powerful. Oh, I thank God for the Bible today. Truth is something. Hey, man, some, someone said this. I, I believe it was Brother Gravely. I can't remember. Truth is something how that must be known with the mind and Accepted with the heart, but enacted in somebody's life. Hey, man, God gave us commands from heaven while we're living on earth, expecting for the Lord to come back, to remember the word of God, to remember what God said in his holy word. Remember Moses. Psalm 119 says, Teach me, O Lord, uh, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it up unto the end. Give me understanding, I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Uh, hey, man, that Y'all have heard it say we got a sign at the store. Uh, that Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. I'm going to ask you today, what is it? What excuse do you have for not digging in this book? Uh, he said in light of his coming, uh, remember, reflect, act upon, live out, uh, be a reflection of the word of God. Did the Bible not say in the New Testament that we are an epistle known and read of men? That some people without the word can observe our lives? the way the wife conducts herself to her husband and without the word of God being preached just by observing the conversation of the wives they can be one to God I say amen God help us today the command is in this word that in light of his coming amen remember the law of God amen that he gave his people statutes and judgments commands amen then number two lastly notice what he said number five Verse number five, not only should we guide our daily life by the scriptures, but we should guard our life diligently from sin. Elijah, man, he came on the scene. Man, he didn't butter nothing up. I mean, he preached the word of God. But hey, man, in verse number four, uh, he's told us to remember, uh, reflect upon uh, the verses, remember the past, remember the truth, remember the blessings, remember how God's blessed you in the back, and uh, the back part of your life when he saved you. Hey, man, and you're not living like you ought to live uh, in light of his coming. And so, and then and he speaks of the future when he speaks of Elijah. Hey, and he says, uh, behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Look what it said in verse 6. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. He speaks of his return. He speaks of a promise. Hey, he's coming back. Church, ain't you glad the Lord's coming? He's telling us that he's coming back. And what we need is preachers like Elijah. Amen. In preaching of Elijah. Hey, we need the expounding of his truth of Elijah. And that will cause people to return. That will cause people to repent. Hey, man, it gives you this idea. In Matthew 17, verse 11 through 13, John the Baptist, how we know that partial fulfilled the prophecy. He came in the spirit of Elijah. And this is what he preached. Prepare you the way of the Lord. The message of Elijah was, Elijah was prepare the way of the Lord because he's coming. And John the Baptist was the forerunner. Prepare to meet the Lord. He's a coming. Amen. Hey, you say, preacher, I don't know if I believe that. Listen to this day. To this day. Rhonda's outside in the parking lot. Blow your horn real loud, Miss Rhonda. Hey, man, Rhonda's outside in the parking lot. She'll tell you she works for a Jewish family. And you know what Jews do still to this day? They're still looking for Elijah to come. Hey, when they observe the Passover, they get a big old cup of wine, set it down in an empty chair, and say that's for Elijah. They'll open the door to allow the spirit of Elijah to come in. Hey, what God wants us to see is, hey, man, Elijah's came and he's been taken. He's going to come again before the Lord comes back. Hey, but can I say this? Can I say John the Baptist had preached in the spirit? 
spirit of Elijah. And we need preachers to keep preaching in the spirit of Elijah. That men will repent. Have a backbone like a saw log. And we've got enough pansy preachers. They walk around with lace on their pants. They don't have a backbone. Got a wet noodle for a bag. Scared to preach against sin. Scared to preach the dictates of scripture. We need the preaching of the spirit of Elijah. Prepare to meet thy God. He's coming back. Amen. Amen. It was a diligent. It's, it is a diligent guard. Amen. Not just to live your life according to scriptures, but live your life diligently. Amen. Guarded against sin. That's what it is. It was a call to guard your life. Look at verse 6. Notice it uses this word fathers. Amen. And, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. Now the fathers, y'all know, that represents Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and it represents all the heads of the patriarchs. But more importantly, in the context of our scripture, it represents people who walk godly and live godly. And the children were the contemporaries of the same age as Malachi, and they have walked away from God. And so what he said was, hey, your mama and dad, you raised you right. You ought to thank God you had a mom and daddy brought you to church. You ought to thank God that you had somebody bring you up in the house of God. How about to say amen right there? I feel like I say amen. Hey, you ought to thank God. You ought to testify every chance you get that you had somebody cared enough to bring you to church, put some rules up in your life. Jared went to Blue Ridge Parkway the other day. There's all kinds of guardrails up there. That ain't to restrict you. That ain't to confine you. That's for your safety. Keep you from falling out. That's what rules are in your house. Hey, man, quit griping about mom and daddy. And thank God for mom and daddy that they'll raise you right. And the generations, the children, they had rebelled. They got stubborn. They'd walk contrary. They're offering lame sacrifice, half-hearted worship. You ask them. You want to ask them, do you even care about church anymore? You're not even in service. You act like you can't wait to get out. Have to drag you about halfway to church. Hey, can I tell you good news today? He said if they'll repent, if they'll remember the scriptures, and they'll repent at the preaching of men like Elijah, hey, man, there'll be a chance. Hey, man, I don't want to send the curse. Hey, lest I send the curse. There's hope in me not sending the curse. If you'll return to me, turn your hearts back. Hey, man, start living like your daddy lived. Hey, Amen. In light of the Lord's coming, Second Peter, with all manner of holy conversation. First Thessalonians, he's called us not to uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Hey, Amen. First John 2. Uh, chapter 3 says, Behold, beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Hey, man, I love this old song here. I wish I could sing it, but I can't. Hey, man, I love that old song, Nothing Between. Nothing Between My Soul and the Savior. Not of this world's delusive dreams. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine, nothing between. Nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favors. Keep the way clear. Let nothing be between. Old George Whitfield, he's a mighty preacher. I'll tell you what he used to preach. He said, Lord, if I'm going to be like you one day, let me be like you right now today. Amen. He ought to guard your life. You ought to stay in the book. You ought to read the Bible. You ought to pray. You ought to get some help. Hey, look up your redemption. Draw now. Soon the Lord's coming. Hey, man, Miss Victoria's coming to play. He just gives us a word of alarm. The last word is curse. But there's a word of hope. He said, lest I sin. And so it gives me hope for repentance. It gives me hope for deliverance. It gives me hope for God's people. Hey, church, God wants us. Amen. To live like it's gospel of love. God said in the first verse, first few verses, I've loved you, but you said, wherein hast thou loved me? Hey, th thank God we can look at our life, and it's not a question. We know that he loves us. I say hallelujah, and we ought to go. We ought to thank God live our life in a state of victory. Amen. Thanking God that yes God gave us a word of alarm a word of alert a word that arrests our attention hey man to check ourselves remember it will to live our life with a sense of expectation with a sense of sanctification and with a sense hey man of preparation have you done everything so that when he comes you'll have confidence before him do you have grudges that you're holding have you got sin that's unconfessed oh I'm telling you today the Lord could come back at any second 
Are you ready? Are you expecting? Are you, do you have boldness? Do you have confidence? When he comes back, will he find 